We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Computer, this is Data. I'm an android. I'm basketball. I was processing all of the information. Processing. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Rangers pick basketball. Analytics was crap. Does not compute. Just because you got good stats doesn't mean you're a good team. <laughs> hey there, everyone. Uh, welcome to the Lakers Exceptionalism Podcast. Tim here doing a quick solo pod reacting to the Lakers win. The Lakers just finished beating Minnesota 108-102 in overtime. Dennis Schroeder had a almost game winner that uh, an Anthony Davis brain fart, as uh, LeBron James described it, um, fouling Mike Conley on the out-of-bounds play, the, the nice flare screen, good play diagram from Minnesota to generate a good shot. Foul him, Conley hits three clutch free throws to send the game to overtime, but in overtime, LA was able to grab the early lead, continue forward, and prevail. The Laker defense, huge, huge performance in the second half. Between the third quarter, the fourth quarter, and overtime, Minnesota scored a total of 42 points. An entire half plus in overtime, they scored 42 points. In the first half, Minnesota couldn't miss anything. They were like, the, the Lakers starting lineup, the uh, di- like effective field goal percentage against them was like 0.95 or something like that. Just like stupid, stupid numbers. Minnesota was hitting like over 50-something percent of their threes. Ridiculous shooting performance. A lot of bounces not going the Lakers' way. A lot of, and other teams' fans won't like to hear this, but a lot of foul calls and non-foul calls and goaltending calls not going the Lakers' way in that first half. In the second half, LA got straight to the game plan, were attacking. They had Dennis in there instead of D'Lo. D'Lo, not the best game from a shooting standpoint. He didn't really play. From the from the middle of the third quarter on, he was only in for a play or two in special situations for some shooting, ball handling, and free throw shooting. Um, Dennis Schroeder, big game for him. He at one point had like, I think he had like three points at halftime or something. Finished with 21 points, eight for eight at the free throw line. Part of the Lakers 22 for 24 performance. And Dennis hit three out of his four threes. One of those that, you know, go ahead three that ended up not being the game winner. But again, huge shot, 
LeBron, a nice drive, read the defense, didn't force up something, found the open man. On that play, if you go back and watch the replay, AD was setting a pin in flair for Dennis and really walked Kyle Anderson almost under the rim. So that three truly was a wide open three. There was no chance the defense could recover to it. Great play there. And just a fantastic performance for Dennis Schroeder on the night. Had some pretty solid defense, a couple assists, a steal, four rebounds. Good, good game from him. Austin Reeves in that first half, man, he seemed to be involved in every big moment, every key play. Uh, just really smart basketball. Did a really good job running the floor. He, again, another guy, wasn't shooting all that well. Four for 13 from him, one for five from deep, hit three free throws. D'Lo, one for nine shooting, 0 for four from deep. And LA leaned on Schroeder's quick twitch ability. The fact that Mike Conley couldn't stay in front of him was able to quickly generate advantages, draw fouls, get shots at the rim, create second chance opportunities for AD on putbacks. And in that second half, we saw LA, within the first three minutes of the game, they were able, our first three minutes of that half, they were able to get in the bonus and that set them up really well for, for the rest of the quarter. And uh, I don't know, I love it. They were able to target Cat, get him in foul trouble. And that was key. Carl Anthony Towns, his impact on this game faded away a bit after he was put in foul trouble. And we saw the Lakers in that second half really dig deep into their bag. Minnesota was, they played to their scouting report. We saw the Conley, you know, pull up threes to his right. We saw Carl Anthony Towns force things to the middle in post-ups. We, we saw what we expected to see. We saw LA play drop against uh, Edwards and Edwards just brick a bunch of jumpers. Really poor game for him. Nine points, three for 17 shooting. One of his worst games on the entire season. I'd say it's probably his worst game on the entire season considering the magnitude of the game and how much volume he got up and how inefficient he was. He had 17 shots, led the team, yet only had nine points. Um, on the Minnesota side, man, Prince was hitting everything for three. Conley was hitting everything for three. They they were hitting some shots. They were running some good action, getting Towns catching off of like a handoff in secondary break situations. There were things they were doing in that first half that LA was having having trouble defending. There was some shooting luck. There were some bad calls. LA needed to step up the defense and they also needed to step up the offense. In that first half, we saw the Lakers get their normal attacks disrupted by Minnesota sending some really aggressive help. And it wasn't just one type of help. We saw Minnesota send aggressive help from the baseline. We saw Minnesota send aggressive help from the strong side. We saw them send digs that weren't quite all out from either end. We saw types of help from them that cleared the middle of the paint for counters. We saw other types of help that attacking the middle of the paint wasn't the counter. So it had LA on their back foot. And this is what we expected. This is what I talked about in the pregame space I did. Minnesota, this much of an underdog, down key players, they need to be aggressive. They need to be the ones throwing punches and keeping the Lakers on their on the defensive. And that's what they did to start the game. Credit to them for their game plan. Down multiple key guys, you know, had some incredible shooting. Shout out to them. But the Lakers punched back. The Lakers hung in there. And the Lakers broke season-long tendencies and made adjustments tactically and schematically that I'm really pleased with. I think going into the playoffs with the Lakers being the heaviest drop coverage team in the NBA, if you look at the data, and them leaning heavily on switching, 
and not just switching, but doing the little things after the initial switch to elevate the effectiveness of those switches. If you just switch, you know, a ball screen and then just play straight up defense, you're going to give up mismatches. You're going to give up certain things. The Lakers were switching. And then after with the switch, they were doing off ball switching to minimize mismatches. They would send help and recover and scram out of switches. They were doing some of those little things to make the most of it. And then if the defense, if the offense was looking to attack, the Lakers did a really good job loading up the paint and making life really difficult from a driving standpoint. So they turned Minnesota into a jump shooting team and that was able to really hold the Timberwolves down. They were so out of rhythm. We saw... They ran some good sets, but then there was a whole lot of like nothing in between. This is this was my criticism. This was where I was disappointed when I scouted Minnesota. If you look at the highlights, if you look at their best stuff, they run some great set plays, but they're sprinkled in among a whole lot of like super basic offense. And when it came down to those key moments in that second half, the super basic offense, unorganized basketball, was not able to overcome what the Lakers are doing to muck up the 1v1 play, take Cat away. If Ant's not hitting his jumpers, he's not able to get to the rim. That Minnesota offense was just stalling. So shout out to the Lakers. We saw some great play from Rui Hachimura. He was a nice player in this game. His size, the, the Lakers ran basically the starting lineup, but then with Rui instead of D'Lo, with AD, with Vando, with LeBron, with Rui. Actually, was Vando? no, Vando wasn't in there for that. But with Braun, AD, and Rui or Vando basically at all times in like the, the fourth quarter and overtime, they were able to be switchier, have some size, keep size on cat and then send extra help. And it was, it was really effective. So I was pleased with the Lakers. They were just dominating the offensive rebounds. They somehow Minnesota blocked like seven shots in the first half, but LA was able to close the gap there. They were able to close the gap with steals. The turnover battle ended up fairly even, but the Lakers ended up with a, a whole lot more true shooting attempts. And as Minnesota's offense started stalling, LA just kept on pushing, kept on fighting. There were times we saw some really silly turnovers late in the game. And LA, it was it was almost a who can lose this game towards the end of it. Um, it was really sloppy. LeBron had some real bad plays mixed in with some really good plays, but they just kept on fighting. Some huge rebounds from, from Reeves at one point from AD, LeBron, like just really good performance from a lot of guys. Brown didn't have a very good game. Gabriel played two minutes and had two fouls. Beasley was able to score once curling off of a down screen. He hit a wide, wide open three on another play. But the Lakers ran, I mean, they ran a 10-man rotation, but two minutes for Gabriel. It was really a nine-man rotation. And two of those nine guys played 17 minutes or fewer. So we have an idea of who those core guys are for LA. I think we've known, um, but it's, you know, they leaned on them. I thought it was a big decision from Darvin Ham to go with Dennis instead of bringing D'Lo back into the game. And it was because of Dennis's ability to break down the defense, to get to the rim, draw fouls. And we saw it. We saw them lean into that. Then later in the game, they brought D'Lo back in when his skill sets were important for certain moments. So, it wasn't just ride the hot hand indiscriminately. There were it was there was some situational basketball going on. So I appreciated that the Lakers ran their help beaters better in the second half. They ran sets they had success with in the second half. And man, what a what a gritty win to you know 
We saw some of the, the foul mercantilism. We saw some ethical basketball with Reeves drawing fouls, but then making buckets too. Um, just the fight from this team. And so after beating Minnesota, LA's now heading to Memphis for a seven-game series, not single game, and they do have a couple days off. So chance to rest, chance to recuperate, playing an overtime game, and then potentially having to play again Friday would have been rough. So having the extra time, knowing who the opponent's going to be, gives them a chance to fully recover after 45 minutes for LeBron, 43 minutes for AD. Whew. 39 minutes for Reeves. And some of these box score numbers look ugly, but there was a lot of fight in this team. The coaching and the adjusting in the second half was fantastic, both offensively and defensively. I'm starting to lose my voice. Um, we just did, did a pregame space. We did the whole game in playback. Now doing a, a postgame space in live pod recording. But what a what a night. It was fun. We had a good time in the playback. Really good group in there. We ended up having about 450 different people stop by. That was a bunch of fun. Ugh. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Man, I'm it's late. I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed. But great games. LeBron, AD stepping up. AD was all over the place. Really pressuring Cat. And I thought Minnesota did some smart things once Cat was in foul trouble defensively. Rather than allowing the Lakers to get him up into ball screen actions, they were doing some switching so that just anyone else would go be part of the ball screen action. So then what the Lakers did to counter that counter was they started running double ball screens. They just sent everybody up. You can't 
you can't, you know, tell the guy standing next to you to go defend the ball screen if both of the offensive players are going to set the screen. So there was that element of the chess match going on, and I plan to highlight some of that tomorrow in a live stream on playback, and then we'll be going over the, uh, not Minnesota, the Memphis scouting report, which I'm just about done with. And uh, yeah, that's all I've got. I'm going to go to bed now. Um, I'm going to close this space. I'm going to log off here. Join us on Discord for more conversation. You can get into that by DMing me or Tom or the Lakers Exceptionalism Podcast. A five-star review of the pod. Once you're in there, we've got a lot of great conversation. Great community of folks talking basketball 24-7. Real high-level quality stuff, not just the, the BS you'll see on Twitter. Really good stuff. Get in there. We've got different levels and, and layers of access and channels and extra content, bonus pods, X's and O's sessions. If you're hearing the stuff that I'm talking about with these concepts and the, the chess match and all that, and you want to learn more, that X's and O's session that we have in the, the Discord is a great way to go from A to Z with that sort of stuff. And it's been really helpful. It's been cool to hear how, how it's you know helped people see the game a little bit differently. Tons and tons of hours of content there up already and, and recorded if you want to go check that out. Um, if you go to the link in my bio, you can see a write-up of all of the offerings we have at the various levels within the Discord. I want to shout out some of the folks in there already at different levels. Uh, to TJ Timotaji, Zach Harris, Daddio, iPod Shuffle, Romario Chamber, Miguel, T. Shuttleworth, Omar, Roy, Abdulrahman, Keneal Mason, Eric, and Doppel, all for living the high life with us in the owner's box, as well as to the folks in the court side and lower bowl tiers as well. Check out that link in my bio. It's tinyurl.com slash support LakersXPod or LakersXPod, whichever you prefer. Um, and, and we'd be happy to get you in that community. Thank you again, everyone. We will be back this round. I mean, just for the single game I did, we did a scouting report. We did a film breakdown. I did a Reddit AMA. I did pregame spaces. We did the game stream. We're doing the postgame thing. We're going to have even more up for the series to come. So check it out. Share it. If you like the content, let me know. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to, you know, really dig into a full series. You get so much more into the weeds with with the tactics and, and all of that fun stuff. And we saw a lot of that tonight. And again, I, I have to say, I'm really impressed with what I saw from the coaching staff when it came to making those adjustments. The Lakers on paper and what they did on the season, it was a heavy drop coverage team, not much scheme versatility. And that's a huge red flag if you want to make a title run. They broke those tendencies and they changed things up. I saw them switch. I saw them drop. I saw them... Uh, soft hedge I saw them hard hedge we saw just about everything they could do along with some smart little granular things afterwards to you know recover from switches or little things like that I had not seen this team rotate on a string like we saw in the second half like this I I think all season long maybe some maybe some uh, recency bias there but this wasn't something the team was even really trying to do and we saw them really test themselves step up to to the moment and do a really good job with that. Um, Braun, AD, Reeves, Schroeder, and Rui, and, and Vando rotated really, really well in that second half. Hell, Malik Beasley made some nice rotations. I was calling that out live. Like, oh shit, 
Malik Beasley just cut off this drive with his help defense. There was some really good stuff happening there. D'Lo missed a couple rotations, and maybe that had something to do with him sitting as well. But um, some really good defense from a number of guys. Some of them on the year weren't the best at rotating. So big performances again. I will need to reevaluate the upside of this team when it comes to, hey, the defense is now more versatile and now more multiple and dynamic, and it's going to adjust and it's going to make life more difficult for you. We didn't see, or I'll go rewatch the film and, and check, but I didn't see any icing or, or weakening high ball screens. That's a concern of mine. I think that is a puzzle, you know, that's a chess piece that you want to be able to play. I don't think we saw that, but. I miss, you know, everybody's missing stuff watching live. Once I rewatch, I will notice some more. So that's, again, all I've got for you. Thank you for stopping by. Talk to you today or tomorrow based on when you're hearing this. Um, have a good night, everyone. Take care. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online. Schedule package pickups through the dashboard and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.